It's a common dilemma that many interior design firms run into, feast or famine. When business is good, designers are so busy with projects that they're not planning for future clients. So when it's time to find more work, none of the marketing groundwork is there. This week, Gail and I talked to Joe McGuire and Matthew Tenzin about how they struggled with project management and cash flow and what they learned from our VAP Day programs. We're excited to have you here today, guys. This is Joe McGuire, and we have Matthew Tenzin with us. And um, we have been working with Joe and Matthew since 2018. And I remember so vividly that we got together at the Art Hotel, and we were meeting in a very small meeting room. And I just remember that um, it was a really interesting start to our VIP day. You were both pretty stressed about your business. And um, and since then, we're now three years, almost three years later. And a lot of things have changed since then. So we want to chat with you about that today and also ask you a lot of questions about yourselves and how you got into design and so many other things. So that's kind of where we I wanted to start, but I wanted to also just commend you two on how hard you've worked and how much you've accomplished over this three-year period. And seeing your progress is just so gratifying. And I'm just so proud of you. Thank you, Gail. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing uh, thinking back where we were when we first <laughs> met with you. It feels like another world. So much has happened between now and then. Yeah, um, we've become so close through working with you and Aaron and the boardroom group and kind of amazing experiences together. We well, it's, give you credit, Gail, because it's like it's, it's in so many ways, you know, you, you brought in a whole world that we just didn't even imagine quite what it could look like. And it was with, from the business side of things and the finance side of things, but then just the sort of nurturing support and vision that you brought and it it's like we credit you all the time because our business did fail a lot in the last couple of years and we figured out a lot of challenges and that process has been really challenging but um <laughs> you know it's 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 sort of something in your special sauce or whatever it is that <laughs> <laughs> well the special sauce is the right people that you're working with that's my view of it because if we have the right people that are part of our process, then it all works out and you have to be the right ones. And I know I was talking to somebody yesterday and I would also say that you're in the same group. And I was saying to her that one of the things I thought made her so successful in her business is how coachable she is and how she's willing to apply the information that I've shared or suggestions, and she will just go do it. And she is so disciplined about what she does. And I think that's also one of the reasons you've been so successful as well. Thank you. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I want to just get this story out right off the bat is how you two met. Um, I know I want to hear about your business and where you began and where you are now, but you guys have such a magical story and it makes my heart so happy. So would you share that on um, how the two of you met? Yeah, happy to. Do you want to? Sure. Uh, <laughs> we met in 2008 and we were, I was living in Aspen. I had been living there for a long time. And Matthew was visiting, and um, uh, it was in the summer in July of 2008. And the, um, 
His Holiness the Dalai Lama, and it was a, was there in Aspen for a, a conference that was being uh, uh, held by the Aspen Institute. And there were all these different Tibetan teachers and scholars and all kinds of people from all over the world attending. And they, part of it was um, some big public talks that were being given by the Dalai Lama. And I sat in the back row at one of these events and there was this cute guy standing next to me at there and I started talking to him and just really connected with him and all it and so the rest. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> it just uh, seems like it was meant to be because uh, yeah, we, we had a lot in common kind of right off the bat. I had just moved back to Colorado after five and a half years as a Tibetan Buddhist monk and was transitioning to like a whole different way of life to, decided I didn't want to be a monk anymore, but was still figuring out what I wanted to do. And I was teaching meditation and, and uh, knew that I wanted to be uh, more creatively expressive in the world and also be involved in, in helping people connect with, with nature and deeper consciousness. And, uh, and yeah, and sitting next to Joe was just so perfect because he had, I told him about you know, my background and he had lived at the Dalai Lama's monastery in India and had taught English years ago before he became an interior designer. And so the Dalai Lama's monastery is where I had ordained as a monk. And so we had this shared connection and love for the Dalai Lama. Just, uh, he's a real hero of ours, just a, a role model of a, just a, a really awakened, humble human being. And, uh, and so, it was pretty cool that we met sitting next to each other there at that event with his holiness. And then we just happened to, you know, we, we talked for a little while, but we didn't exchange numbers or anything. We both thought about it, but didn't. And uh, then we ran into each other the next day in downtown Aspen in the evening. And he invited me along to a, a cocktail party he was going to. And it, we just have kind of been hanging out and actually, <laughs> you know, married and, partnered in life and business <laughs> that was 12 years ago, but we've been together ever since. That's great. Yeah. A true love story. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think it's uh, just amazing. And I, I love the, the fact that you both connected through the Dalai Lama. Um, I'm fascinated with Buddhism anyway, but just the whole story that you have behind what you're doing. And of course, True Home, which we want to talk about a little bit today is uh, one of, it's your business, Matthew, that you have this passion for. Not that you both don't have that passion, you do. And I know you've both been going through shamanic training or have you, you've completed it, I believe. And I, I don't know that a lot of us know what that means. So can you share what that is? Yeah, so I, I would say, uh, for me, the kind of the overlap between interior design and energy has sort of been a, a lifelong experience. And I think that's something that, that Joe shares and, and maybe a lot of designers uh, have an experience of that, even if they may not be fully conscious of it. Uh, we just know when a room or a space feels good and when it doesn't. And we all have our ways of trying to address that. And sometimes it's just about the placement of of objects, it's the type of object. Um, I, I've come to learn that we all can sense energy, uh, even though we we may not fully know that we can, um, because we are energy. You know, it's all one field of energy that we're a part of, and and so uh, so objects carry energy, just like you know people can have um, 
on different days, positive or negative energy that they can be radiating. We all um, send out different emotions at different times and those emotions can, can imprint on spaces and objects. And, uh, and so it's like this web of energy and life force and intelligence that we are all a part of. And I think that's what, uh, that I, I always kind of sensed um, as I was young and I was, was always, you know, redesigning spaces and, and <laughs> rearranging things to try to find that harmony, that, that balance, and then got into meditation and became a monk. And it was interesting through meditation that that awareness of the energy of objects and spaces became so much more clear to me. Uh, I spent a number of years in solitary meditation retreat in a, in a wilderness area and away from all the stimulation and all the distraction, all the news, um, not even seeing other human beings for many months at a time. Uh, the mind becomes more still and clear through meditating and just being present and noticing nature. And, uh, and, and so that, that I started to understand energy in a new way or just sense it more. And, uh, and I really got interested in that and wanted to, uh, to find teachers who could teach me more about that. It's, it's, uh, there are a lot of teachings about it among the Tibetans. And that was sort of my first encounter about how to work with energy and spaces. Um, but then uh, the shamanic teachers uh, have become really important to Joe and I over the years as well, because the shamanic worldview is focused on living in harmony with nature, which is something that we really really value from the shamanic worldview. We're not separate from nature. We're all a part of nature, one with nature. And when we, when we adopt that, that point of view, we have access to the life force and the intelligence, the spirit within things. We can sense it and we can participate with, with positive energy and, and draw it into spaces and into places and into ourselves and ultimately into the world. So, uh, and we can find ways to negative energy isn't really negative. It's just, it's energy that is unresolved and unbalanced or out of balance and needs to be tuned into healed, loved, released, resolved. Um, so yeah, that's something that's become an important part of our life, our spiritual practice, but also uh, it's, it's very present in our design work, whether our clients are interested in it or not. And it's fine with us. A lot of our, if, you know, not, not, not all of them are interested in, in that. Um, but they do love a space that feels amazing and they notice the difference. And, uh, and we do a lot of energy clearing work for clients who are open to it. Well, it just occurs to me also, just as you were saying that living in harmony with nature, which is such a general kind of statement, but it's also so beautiful and powerful. And it just reminds me as um, designers how we're attracted to bringing in a lot of natural elements into our design and kind of making sure that our interiors relate to the architecture and or complement the architecture. And then also how they relate to the outdoors and how they bring some of that outdoors into the house and whether it's earth and, you know, water element, maybe a little water feature and some plants and stuff. And I, mean, I think a lot of designers do that. And it's just kind of, I never really, after you said that so beautifully, it just makes me think how, how important that is to us. And I think of like a handmade wood table or something that just feels so right, you know? And so, so, um, it's like a connection for the for the soul. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's some intuition attached to um, mm -hmm. very definite physical items that you have in your house. 
one thing is that, you know, as Matthew was saying that like a lot, a lot again, I talked on like a lot of designers probably do this intuitively, but it's like when Matthew and I first met, he reminded me, I was always saying like, where does this chair want to go? And I was like, let's ask the chair where it wants to go. And it's sort of that sense of like, that it's a, it's an, that there's energy in that chair, like that there's something there and that it has some, some place that it wants to go or, you know, uh, that kind of thing. I mean, it's just sort of like a way of sort of relating to the world around us. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit, Joe, about how you got into design. I, I love the story. I didn't know it until I read that today. <laughs> oh, um, well, I, it's, it's a long story. Which, which parts are you? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about the hotel park because I wasn't aware of that. Oh, yeah. So, well, I grew up in Santa Fe, New Mexico, which mm-hmm. uh, was a great place to grow up for me. And I had, um, in, in living there, I was always sort of living in this beautiful environment. And, uh, the, the homes, the, um, a lot of homes were made of adobe or at least look like adobe, which is that earth kind of made with earth. And there's that sense of um, very grounded style. But then um, there was also like the interiors of a lot of them had a sort of like very minimal kind of serene style and and a connection again to nature. And one of the um, uh, experiences as a kid, I, you know, my, I have an aunt who later was adopted me as a kid and she owned a a beautiful little hotel called Rancho Encantado that was in a little village called Tosuki that's north of Santa Fe. And it was just, um, she had incredible taste and she had it beautifully styled and it was a magnet for, you know, designers and uh, Ralph Lauren and his family would go there and all all these different people from all over the world and a lot of celebrities and people that, um, it it was a magical little place. And the the style is being around that and being um, around Ralph Lauren and hanging out with those guys and going camping. And I mean, there's just so many experiences that we, I had with these people that were extraordinarily accomplished in these, you know, whatever field, because it was just this environment that was just so beautiful and so naturally beautiful. So it was kind of a magical place. And I, um, I think that's what kind of got me started into the, into that world. Not a lot of people can say that they've gone camping with Ralph Lauren. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. Yeah, like we just did little adventures with them. I mean, like, or with other people in that, you know, that were guests, you know, different movie stars and stuff. So, you know, it was different people in our family were involved with, with all of it. It was, it was cool. Like, I remember sitting around with Ralph and Ricky, Lauren, I, mean, I don't know them still today, but just at the time, you know, I was a little teenager and, I was like sitting around with them having breakfast uh, one morning when they were staying there. Like they came a number of years in a row during the summers. And it was like, just, um, he was coming up with a new line. You know, he was doing a, a clothing line called, it was like Western wear, outdoor wear. And he was trying to, he was calling it like rough wear, rough gear and stuff. And I was like, oh, uh, I can go get a thesaurus. And so I ran to the office and grabbed a thesaurus and then came back and, we were eating breakfast together. I, mean, I was so precocious as a kid. Like, why would I even go? <laughs> I, you know, I was just so intrigued. And um, and sure enough, it was just so fun. Like, you know, problem solving that. You know, like looking through a thesaurus and going rough gear, gear, you know, where. It was just so fun. You know, tough, 
tough gear or something. So anyhow, that's just like one experience that it was just it was just really uh, really incredible. Well, interesting. And then you decided from there to go into design. Well, it was sort of a circuitous route. I, I okay. went to college um, at, at Penn, and then I went to you know sort of on this East Coast thing, trying to get away from the West, and lived in New York for a few years right after college, and worked at uh, Christie's Auction House, and um, coordinated appraisals. Like I was again, kind of this precocious young guy trying to like wear a suit and run around at you know twenty two years old. But it was it was so it was cool. Like I was in and out of really extraordinary homes all over, you know, New York and Palm Beach and everywhere and, and lying around. And it, it was just like exposure, you know, exposure to the art, exposure to these incredible homes. And, and then just working with different experts at Christie's who I would take notes for them. And they would be people that were experts at, you know, old master paintings or all these different fields, French furniture, all these things. And I would just follow them around and make sure they got all, you know, didn't miss the, the, you know, vase in the corner or whatever. And that was kind of my job, just to make sure it was a thorough appraisal. But um, yeah, it was incredible. You know, just the, just again, it's exposure and just jumping into the deep end. Well, jumping into the deep end is what a lot of people do when they start businesses. So along the way, I'm sure that there were a few moments where you were wondering why in the world did I do this? <laughs> I think probably most of us feel that that start businesses. But what what were some of the challenges that were the most difficult within the business that you've overcome? Well, I think it's like when we met you uh, in 2000, well, three years ago, Mm-hmm. Three years ago, it was um, we were, we had kept we didn't really have Matthew and I had been working together for years by that point, and we were Matthew's super creative, totally visionary, and I was running business things, and it, but I neither of us had real knowledge about how to run a business, and the um, we were experiencing what you called the roller coaster, where we have you know very busy, and then we wouldn't market or we wouldn't fill the pipeline with new projects because we were so overwhelmed with what we were in in the moment. And then all of a sudden, a few months later, you know, things would slow down and then we'd have to kind of just kind of go through these cycles that were very difficult and hard to make, you know, hard to plan because cash flow would vary so widely. And then we met you, you sort of just kind of pointed it out like, well, of course you were going through that because that's what you do if you don't have a marketing plan, you don't have all these things in place. And so I think that was a big turning point for us. Mm-hmm. Huge. Yeah. And then, of course, you have the next challenges, which are scaling your business and adding people. And there are a lot of challenges that go along with that as well. So, Matthew, what were what are some of the things you've been dealing with in the recent years? <laughs> well, I, I would say uh, so. Joe and I have been been working together. Like I've, I've worked with Joe in Joe McGuire Design since uh, 2012. Let's see. 2012. Yeah. 2012. Um, and so. Uh, yeah, and and I think uh, part of the process along the way, kind of all along the way, I've been uh, teaching meditation and doing other energy work, and and gradually developing what we now call True Home. Uh, our, it's sort of a separate consulting business, design consulting business, and uh, and so that's called the website is TrueHomeDesign.com, and it's it it's uh, it's really something that can be kind of added in. Um, to our design process that that, that we that we um, take all clients through, uh, if if they're open to it, it's sort of like if people want to go a little more 
uh, deeply and intentionally into the, the process of designing their home. Uh, we have the, the true home process that I really sort of spearhead. And there's been a lot of interest in that. I would say, you know, maybe half of our clients are interested in that. And, uh, and there's also an element of that that um, I'm excited to share more fully to, 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 to share with other designers who might be interested uh, to, um, to, to sort of um, help share with the design community because it feels like there's, there's, there's a real aspect of interior design that's not being fully thought of or spoken of or understood. Uh, and uh, in these days with wellness being such a huge topic of conversation, it's so important and everybody's been so cooped up in their homes. Uh, it just feels quite uh, urgent and important to be able to help people understand the energy of their space, the energy of their stuff, how to work with it, how to rebalance it, how to uh, tap into a bigger vision for their life and to use their home as sort of like a living vision board for that, uh, that vision, because we're living around all of these objects that constantly remind us of who we think we are or who we want to be uh, or maybe who we were. And it's really important to, to surround ourselves with objects that make us not only feel good, but that that represent what what we're feeling called to fully be and embody and step into. I think it can be very empowering to design from that point of view. And, and then also in terms of living in harmony with nature and our surroundings and our environment, having a more sustainable home and what that means energetically as well, um, stewarding the land and the environment, um, the, the living on a piece of ground on the planet Earth and being the caretaker of that piece of ground rather than than just you know a home that's just plopped there and, and then there's a yard or whatever it's like it's a bigger it's a bigger experience to relate to it uh, and so I guess that's uh, that's sort of this bigger vision of what design the design of a home could be for for, for people and I'm excited to share that more so so uh, Joe McGuire design has been growing a lot over over the years and especially the last few years and working with you, Gail. And, um, and what's exciting about that is that we're bringing on uh, people who can do a lot of the stuff like Joe and I have worn so many hats, it, you know, we've been doing so much of it ourselves over the years and we're, we're hiring people who are, you know, as good or better at, at it than us, you know, different aspects of our business so that we're freed up to do the more, uh, maybe more creative, more visionary uh, aspects of this business. And um, not just because we, we love and enjoy those things, it's, you know, it's stuff we're passionate about, but it's also, it feels like a calling. It feels like something that the world needs us to share more of. Uh, there's mm -hmm. a lot of interest in it. So, so I think that's kind of um, what the last few years have been about is, is really setting that stage for, uh, for us to be able to step into uh, to sharing this this vision uh, of design um, more widely, we'll see what uh, what opportunities open up for that. But just being on a podcast like this is is maybe a start. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> maybe you'll be doing a podcast. Yeah, I love it. It's so inspiring the work that you guys do, and just and you know, I'm looking at becoming a homeowner soon, and just thinking about. Um, 
you know, really owning that piece of land on earth and what I can do for that. That really kind of just gives me a different way of thinking about instead of just, just a house and getting in and getting, you know, kids settled and all of that, but it's, it's more than that. And probably one of the most essential elements to creating an actual home inside of a house, right. On, on a piece of land. So, so, uh, you know, many times I don't always get to meet our clients until they've, they've experienced a VIP day. And I'd love to just understand a little bit more about where you were at in your business when you decided that you needed some help. You wanted um, to have Gail help you with your business. And then some of the aha moments that you had in that process of, of your experience, um, both in the VIP day and, and in the boardroom. Want to share about that? <laughs> yeah. I like that look. I love that look. <laughs> no, you go first. No, you go first. <laughs> yeah, well, I think uh, something that Joe and I talked about a lot, experienced a lot uh, before working with Gail was what we called the roller coaster. Uh, and it was just that, uh, although it wasn't uh, quite as entertaining, maybe as a roller coaster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but like, there's, there's just that up and down these major waves of, you know, a lot of business and then, you know, the businesses, you know, the products are done and where's the, where are the new projects and, and, and that um, just that up and down cycle financially um, riding those waves was, was really stressful uh, for a lot of years. And, and so uh, that was really one of our, big, I, I, I feel intentions and in working with you, Gail was just like, we've got to get off this roller coaster. This is crazy. Like we're just, it's just, it, it was just too stressful. And so, uh, and, and that's definitely what you've helped us do. I mean, I would say, um, you know, it like, it's sort of like a gradual, gradual evening process. And of course there are these natural cycles in a business, especially in interior design, where you only have a certain number of clients at any one time. And there are phases when you're busier than others. And that's just, but it's it's really evened out, and and we've we've um, you've really helped us crack that problem, and it and and from a lot of different angles. Um, but you you really helped us understand the, the marketing piece that we need to we need to be marketing when we're busiest, which mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> is really hard to do because yeah. when you're busiest, you, you just can't even think about it. Um, and so, but it's having the people and the systems and the support. For, and a marketing plan so that it, it's actually fairly easy and it's just going all the time. It's not like something like, okay, now we've got a market. Um, and so it's just a part of what we do and, and what marketing is for us that you sort of helped us shift that and really understand that it's really about relationships and that's what we love and cherish anyway. And we have so many amazing relationships in, in our field in Boulder and in Aspen we have, you know, offices in both places and clients in both, both areas and, uh, and just cultivating those relationships, uh, which is really fun. And, and there are so many ways to do that. So that's been an aha. Um, but there are, I mean, so many that, ways that you've helped us um, get through the roller coaster to where it's like, it, it, it's just a greater sense of stability. It, uh, and that, I think that's the that's really kind of the, one of the biggest takeaways. Yeah, I'd say the, and the emphasis on, on understanding and, and organizing around financials yeah. that Gail really emphasizes has been really amazing for both of us. It's just been an education. 
and um, and a feeling of confidence that comes with that. And like the the covering, there's just so many things in a business that you know coming being more from a creative background for the two of us, we, we are, weren't coming from a business or corporate background. So it's like, uh, it's just all new or it, it was. And so now piece by piece, these little, you know, things are getting checked off the list. And so that's a, such a good feeling. And the, um, the VIP day experience was great. It was like, I think, I don't know if we talked about it this way or Gail did, but it's like a fire hose. Yeah, <laughs> hour day where we just, she plied us with really good coffee and desserts and sandwiches and all this stuff in this little boardroom at this hotel. And it was just fun and cozy and delicious. And then at the end of the day, we had a glass of wine and we just collapsed. And, <laughs> and we had, I mean, we have notes from that three years ago that we still haven't integrated all the things. So it's been a gradual process of like, you know, baby steps the entire way. So yeah, it's like we're, every now and then it's like, okay, now we can focus on this. And it, and it, it's so cool to see how this goes back to something we covered in VIP day, but yeah. now's the time we're finally going to sink our teeth into this project, yeah. developing this aspect of our business. And uh, yeah, the financial understanding has been huge. I mean, that's just it. Cause that really is, you know, the big stressor in running a business is, mm -hmm. is the financial aspect and, and, and just helping us understand that and creating a way for Joe and I to to consistently look at our financials. Uh, you know, we now look at our cash flow every week. Uh, you know, every, you know, it's scheduled. It happens every week, and we we look at you know our, our balances and our revenue, and you know what what bills we've got to pay, and we have. It's just uh, it's it's yeah. That brings a lot of relief having a system and a structure for that. Mm -hmm. Well, and I, I love seeing how you've applied all of that. And then I see some of the tools you're creating for yourself, too. And then just the uh, the progression of how you're bringing new people on and starting to apply some of the things we've talked about, about people management <laughs> and understanding that it's really less expensive and better to hire more experienced people so that you're not spending your time, um, as you call it, in school. And so that learning that is something that a lot of people struggle with because it's counterintuitive. You think, oh, I can hire somebody for less money, but they cost you more money because it's your time and your time is so valuable. Yeah, it's true. And, and just having, um, yeah, that, that confidence in our team, like we, mm -hmm. we, we don't necessarily feel like we need to just keep growing and growing in terms of numbers. Like we're, we feel like we're, we're pretty great where we're at in terms of, of number of people. We may have to hire another person or two. We now have 10 employees uh, in addition to Joe and I, and uh, it, but we're, we're just excited to continue to nurture and grow this team and to, to continue to have just the right people in the right seats, you know, people doing what they're really good at. You know, mm -hmm. we've got a lot of people who are doing things on our team that, that are, are better at it than us, uh, what the, the portion that they're doing. And that's just, that's a relief. Like we noticed that we've, we've made the right hire when we relax like <laughs> that person helps us relax and we just feel like they, they literally took something off of our plate that they're totally capable of doing. And it's just the best feeling. Mm -hmm. So 
Uh, I had that exact experience this morning. I'm like, oh my gosh, you're already doing this. You're already thinking like, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. It is such a relief. Well, I would love to know, you know, we're all about really talking about our future, our future selves and who we see ourselves becoming. And so where do you see your business in the next 10 years? and, And where do you see yourselves as individuals? No, I um, I just I I feel like we're creating more space in our life and more relaxation, and it's been such a grind for the last um, number of years, like ten years or so, and you know just getting through recessions, you know, uh, just all the, the the roller coaster was exhausting, and I think then scaling has been in its own way very exhausting, and all of a sudden finally seeing that light at the end of the tunnel and hopefully that, you know, it doesn't, I'm not necessarily so focused on retirement, but it's more like, like in 10 years or so sort of, you know, a sort of state of summer retirement, but also expansion into more um, just space to, to, to be in nature and to travel around a little bit and just um, do more of this uh, purpose work um, that we're actually starting currently and have been for the last couple of years with the true home and all of that, but just kind of making more space in my life for that. So that's a goal. Yeah. And for you, Matthew? Yeah, I would, I would say similarly, I think, uh, you know, the, the living in harmony, um, with nature, uh, vision for, for our life is, is something that we, we both deeply value and, there are so many aspects of the interior design world that can feel so opposed <laughs> to that. I mean, you know, it, you can go any direction with, with interior design and, uh, and, and it's really a challenge to, 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 to build a home, to fill it with furnishings that, um, that are somehow intentional and created in a way that's sustainable. It's not easy. And, you know, there's, mm-hmm. More and more of that that we're we're able to do. We've over the years been gathering more sustainable furniture makers and sources and techniques and uh, and and so that's just it's exciting to be moving in that direction. Uh, and I think for Joe and I, there's this experience that we've had through our backgrounds. Joe growing up in Santa Fe, living on the ranch and just wandering out in the hills on the trails. And and uh, you know, for me you know, my time as a monk and growing up in Colorado and a lot of time in nature and in, in wild places and in stillness. And, and uh, so we have this longing to be in nature, to, to camp more, to be outside more, uh, but also to bring more of that into our home and other people's homes, that experience of that wholeness and peace and balance and beauty. And, and, uh, and I think it's, it's really possible. I think they're, a lot of people craving that uh and and so uh yeah that's where i see us us going is is uh being um living in in more harmony ourselves and and sharing that with others finding ways to 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 share that experience with others i think you've also done a really great job of making peace with the fact that having a financially successful business is essential to achieving what you're wanting to do, both for yourself and for your clients, that in order to um, be able to to do that and to have great people on your team, that 
having that success, um, you know, it's interesting because when you when you first came to me, I remember thinking to myself, wow, you're really stressed about this. And now, you know, I just was thinking about your success numbers, for example, 140% increase in your sales in the in a year and 132% on your net profit. And how that must be starting to give you that sense of peace, knowing that it's okay, you know what you're doing, and you know how to uh, build a, a sustainable business that will support you and your your team so that you can do all these wonderful things you want to do. So has that been something that it, that it takes some work to make peace with that? I think I would say that the, like those metrics were like, that was the, the, the first indicator, I guess that, you know, that there was maybe a light at the end of the tunnel, like that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But it's, um, it, it was just the first step. It's sort of like the scaling up um, happened very quickly for us uh, in 2019, really. And then after that, we realized like, whoa, we're, we're really busy, but we're still having to do everything ourselves. like, you know, take the lead on everything. So then in the last, you know, two years, we've been catching up with like creating a team that can, um, that can help us in a way that's really substantial around all of those things, which required us to really understand what we were actually doing, because that's the piece that really required sort of, um, and you had asked us to do that and we kind of were like, yeah, but you know, eventually, you know, we've been forced, but to, to really, you know, kind of acknowledge and realize that and, and then get it out of ourselves, you know, get it out of our head. So it's been challenging, but now it's like, mm. that's the next hurdle, you know, in terms of like getting, a team that we're feeling very confident in and, and then understanding how, you know, they can be doing certain things that we used to do exclusively kind of take as far as a leadership role in those things. And so that's, you know, those, then it's like, I don't know what the next big hurdle is, but maybe it's, yeah. <laughs> well, well, probably your next biggest one is getting that um, the bigger vision and then also getting yeah. the leadership team in place so that it is taking more things off of your plate so that you can see that future for the business and one day and say, okay, I am no longer designing or I am no longer looking at um you know, I, I'm not talking to the people that are interested in working with us. That is a, a shift that has to happen over time. And you have to bring your people along so that they're a good representation of your company and can do it on your behalf. And you know, confidently that they are, they have your best interest at heart. So that's kind of the next phase for you. Yeah, I think that's really true. I mean, I know that, that the vision piece uh, is something that, that you really have emphasized all along and have really helped us with starting with the VIP day uh, because, you know, what you helped us understand was how we were just kind of in the weeds, focusing on all the problems. And that, that, that was like those wall that we just kept hitting our heads against just like, you know, just focusing on problem after problem, after problem, after problem. Uh, and, and just, just kind of looking up from that and going, wait, where are we going? Who are we, who do we want to be? Where, what's the future of this business? What are we actually creating? What's really meaningful to us? Mm -hmm. And that's something that, that, um, that Joe and I, I touch in with 
regularly and is so helpful for rising above all the problems and just knowing like this is where we're going. It just shifts the energy. Mm-hmm. And um, we've seen how it, it, it um, yeah, it just changes the dynamic in, in our day and uh, among our employees. And, uh, and so, you know, I, I think our employees really uh, in, respond to the vision too, to the degree that we're able to, to, to share that with them they get excited about it. And uh, I think we do have a, a really compelling vision for, for mm-hmm. uh, what a design firm can be. And, and uh, it's been, it's been cool sharing that with um, future employees as well in the hiring process. Uh, it, it's actually, I think helped us connect with the right people. Like when we say a little bit about what that vision is that we're creating it can be a little bit vulnerable maybe to put that out there because, uh, you know, for us, it's kind of unique, this, this more sort of spiritual or energetic, holistic approach to design. Uh, and, but, but the right people relate to that and they're like, That's, I want to work with those guys. And we just feel that connection when we meet. And, uh, and so, so I think in, it lines up the right kind of clients too. I mean, I, we've, we've noticed that uh, it can call in those clients. So I think, uh, yeah, I think that that it, that vision piece is really sort of like uh, what we're we're kind of in the process of really really stating more clearly in our marketing and our branding on our website. We're gradually kind of taking that shift and uh, just kind of in a way, it's kind of like coming out of the closet about it. Um, <laughs> and it's a little scary because it's a little different, but um, you know, we, 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 we've seen that, that it's actually um, safe <laughs> to do so, to share who, where, where we're really coming from as designers. People appreciate it. Well, I love that. And I will just tell you, every time we have any form of time together, whether it's on Zoom or it's in person, I'm always inspired by the two of you. Not only just your, you know, your spirit and your energy, but also um, how you're running your business and the big things that you're accomplishing and the fact that you get to be in Boulder and Aspen on a pretty frequent basis is not too bad, <laughs> not too shabby. Um, so, well, thank you for being with us today. And we, you know, we usually like to uh, share three takeaways or three things that our listeners can uh, take home with them, implement in their daily lives. I know you guys definitely have some some things that you do on a daily basis that just keep you centered on your business and your vision and who you are. Um, so do you want to share those? Yeah, so I think one of the big takeaways for me uh, that's just been huge in my life the past 20 some years is, is meditating every day. And just to, to take some time just to be and not do that's such a shift just to allow ourselves to be, just to be present with the breath or with whatever emotions and thoughts are arising. There are a lot of different ways to meditate. And I've tried a lot of different ones over the years, but just just being, just just enjoying the, the glow, the warmth of just being alive and, and breathing. Um, that's something I do every morning and it makes such a huge difference. It's such an opportunity to to receive insights, uh, creative visions, to rebalance, to connect with the heart and with gratitude and kind of move into the day in a more balanced way. So that's definitely one for me. I would recommend meditating at least say five to 10 minutes a day, really make a difference. 
And okay. I would say uh, empathy because it's sort of foundational to how we um, approach our clients and we always have, and then training our team to use that as the sort of first response to anything that comes up with a client so that we are training our team to feel empathy for our clients so that then they listen to them first. They, they, you know, acknowledge hearing them that they approach that before they start problem solving or explaining why something happened. And because a lot of times people just want to know that you care. Right. I love it. Yeah. And I would say a third uh, is intention. And that's, that's something that uh, just, just, just pausing to, to reflect on our intention for, for our day or for our business, uh, for Joe and I, the long-term vision of our business and that intention is so powerful to come back to and to reconnect with, helps us shift out of the, the weeds of all the problems and to, to look at where we're going and, uh, and helps us get on the same page. And, uh, and I think uh, we found that, that connecting with an intention for a design project or a home is a really powerful step for our clients and uh, just just being encouraged and guided in the process of just pausing to reflect on what their intention is for their home, why they're buying this home, why they're building it, why they're remodeling it, what is it that they're wanting? And sometimes, you know, if it's a, if it's a married couple, there may be, you know, different intentions, but it's so powerful for them to hear each other's intentions clearly and to find there's always some common thread and some common vision that comes out of it for themselves or the family, uh, for their work. Uh, and so uh, just connecting to that intention for the design project is a really powerful step. Uh, and I think it helps the clients feel heard and, and seen. And, and then it kind of ripples through so many other decisions in the design process. Well, that's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing those last insights, because I think those are things that we don't necessarily talk about all the time. So um, it was wonderful being with you today. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on the podcast. And we look forward to seeing you just have a, a magnificent year in 2021. Thank you, Gail. Thank you, Gail. Thank you, Yeah. Have a great week, you guys. We'll see you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you so much. See you. Bye-bye. We recorded this episode with Joe and Matthew earlier this year, and since then, their business has continued to succeed. We're so happy that they could join us on the podcast, and we're willing to share the struggles they went through to get to where they are now. Stay tuned for the final episode of season six of the podcast coming out next week.